Listening to sermons as we go about our days, driving around or doing our work, is a perfect reminder of our Lord's promises and of His mercies. This is the mission of Upper Room Media. To make the Word of God accessible to anybody and everybody. Everybody's joined together uh, for the celebration of the Bazaar, the church festival today. And I wanted today to just highlight a quick point for all of us in terms of how uh, the readings of the church are organized. And when you look at the readings of the church, section by section, there's a theme. And the theme is focused in the starting of the Nehru's, is focused on the love of God the Father. The love of God the Father. And then when you start to get into the season of the Nativity moving into Lent, is the grace of His only begotten Son. And then when you move later on into the fast of the apostles and the life of St. Mary and the saints, is the communion, the gifts, and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit. So the church calendar is organized in order to direct us into relationship with the Holy Trinity. To direct us into relationship with the Holy Trinity. And as you look at the reading of the day, starting from last night, there is the story of salvation in how the Lord was preparing the way for his coming. Preparing the way for his coming by sending St. John the Baptist to be the forerunner and how St. John the Baptist was one that did not look like everyone historically. He was sort of a countercultural character. He was one that lived in the wilderness, ate locusts. Uh, it, it, he was quite the uh, countercultural person. And when you go to, to the gospel for today, the gospel for today was very powerful because you see the Lord speaking about St. John the Baptist. And I'm going to start with the gospel and focus on one little part of the gospel, then go back to the earlier readings of the day. It says, For I say to you, among those born of women, there is not greater prophet than John the Baptist, but he who is least in the kingdom of, heaven, the kingdom of God is greater than he. And watch these next two verses. There's two people, two ways that a person responds to the message of the Lord. And when all the people heard, even the tax collectors justified God having been baptized with the baptism of, of John. So John comes, he preaches the gospel, and people are moved by his words, telling them to repent. The kingdom of heaven is at hand. There is a Lord who is coming, whose sandal straps I'm not even worthy to loosen. So they heard his message, and tax collectors were moved by his message, and they went and they were baptized. Look at the response of the Pharisees. But the Pharisees and lawyers rejected the will of God for themselves not having been, having been baptized by him. And the Lord said to them, so what did the Pharisees do? They rejected John, as they did reject the Lord Jesus Christ throughout his life. And the Lord responds with this very interesting response. He says, to what then shall I liken the men of this generation, what are they like? They are like children sitting in the marketplace, a very interesting image that the Lord gives. Children sitting in a marketplace. What do people do when they go to the marketplace? What do they do? They're shopping. They're shopping in the marketplace. When you go to the marketplace, ah, I want a little manga, I want a little watermelon, I want some uh, fruits, some veggies, some this. You, you pick and you choose what you need. And it's interesting how 
he uses this imagery for those two people that he's just speaking about. He's saying that the tax collectors, those who were aware of their brokenness, heard the message of John and immediately were moved to repentance and wanted to be baptized. And the Pharisees, they heard the message and what did they do? They rejected it. Why? Why did they reject it? They wanted the Lord to look a certain way. They wanted the Lord to do a certain thing. They had a presupposed idea of what they wanted God to do for them. God, I want a little bit of this. I want a little bit of that. I want God for you to bless my life, to give me a nice house, to give me a nice car, to give me a nice husband or a nice wife. I, want, I pick and choose. I almost want God is like this menu, and I want all the good things. I want the good things. But when it comes to the need to repent, when it comes to the change of life, the change of direction, when God requires something of me, no, 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 no. I'm comfortable. I'm in the marketplace. I came and I was shopping. I just wanted something that was going to cater to my needs and my wants. And look what he says. Calling to one another, saying, we played the flute for you. And you did not dance. We played the flute for you. Played the flute. It's nice. It's like entertaining. And you did not dance. We mourned to you. And you did not weep. For John the Baptist came neither eating bread nor drinking wine. And you say he has a demon. And the son of man came eating and drinking. And you say, look, a glutton, a wine-bibber, a friend of tax collectors and sinners. I sent you prophet after prophet. The love of God the Father. I sent you prophet after prophet coming in all different diverse ways. You have Jeremiah, the wailing prophet. You have Hosea, the one who married a prostitute to demonstrate uh, a sort of an image of God's relationship to his people. You have Ezekiel. You have all these different prophets who came in different ways and expressed God in so many different methods, different mediums, and you didn't like them. John the Baptist came and he was living in the desert and the wilderness and you didn't like him. Christ came and he was healing. Casting out demons, giving eyes to the blind, healing the lepers, and you didn't like him. You are like people who are shopping in a marketplace. What more does God need to do? It's a very interesting image that the Lord gives us this morning. Because let's go back for earlier. The one who responds. Who are the ones who responded in this passage? Those who acknowledged their need, those who are tax collectors, those who are cast out, who are ostracized, they are the ones who when they saw St. John the Baptist, they said, I need to repent. I need to change my direction. I need to go on a different path. And those who have been interesting right after this gospel reading, you know what's the story? It's the story of the sinful woman, the sinful woman who comes and kneels before the feet of Jesus, and she anoints him. And she offers repentance before him. The response to one who really encounters the love of God is a one of repentance. One of, God, you love me so much. You care for me so much. I don't need a recipe. I don't need to pick and choose the things that are pleasing to me. Lord, what can I do to gladden your heart? What can I do, Lord, to serve your people? What can I do, Lord, to embody your life in my own and you see St. Paul, when he writes to Timothy, he says, I thank the Lord Jesus Christ. By the way, 1 Timothy 1.12, theme verse for any person who serves. I thank Christ who has enabled me because he has counted me faithful, putting me into the ministry. 
Look what he says. Although I was a blasphemer, a persecutor, an insolent man, but I obtained mercy because I did it ignorantly in unbelief. And the grace of the Lord was exceedingly abundant with faith and love which are in Christ Jesus. This is a faithful saying and worthy of all acceptance that what? Christ Jesus came into the world to save sinners of whom I am chief. Look at the heart of St. Paul. This is the one who is like a tax collector. This is the one who is like the worst of the worst. He's a Pharisee, but he was persecuting the church. He was one who was harming the church. He was the one who was trying to do thing after thing after thing. And he acknowledges his sinfulness. And when he acknowledges his sinfulness, the Lord gives him immense grace. I'm not here to tell you today to beat yourselves up and to tell you, look at yourselves and say you're the worst of the worst. I'm saying... Is Christ a menu? Are you going to the Olive Garden and choosing, picking, cherry-picking the things that you want from him? This is not the Olive Garden. <laughs> but look what St. James says in the Catholic epistle. But be doers of the word and not hearers only, deceiving yourselves. For if anyone is a hearer of the word and not a doer, he is like a man observing his natural face in a mirror. For he observes himself, goes away, and immediately forgets what kind of man he was. You see the theme of the readings? The theme of the readings is the Lord is trying to point us into a change of direction. A change of direction. Repentance by the, by the sheer definition, metanoia, is I'm going in one way, and once I encounter the Lord, I say, nope, I got to go a completely opposite way. I can't keep going in the same direction that I was going away from him. I have to draw near to him. I have to encounter him. I have to experience the love and the mercy and the compassion that he has offered to me. See, St. John the Baptist is a beautiful image for every single one of us. You have the St. John the Baptist. You have the Lord Jesus Christ. You have the St. Paul's. You have the diversity within the church that every single one of us has a different encounter with God. But my question to you today is, are you sitting and waiting for him to play the flute for you? Are you sitting and waiting for him to do something that is like a, a supernatural thing? I want the Lord to appear to me. I want him to do a miracle for me. The greatest miracle in the contemporary church is the miracle of repentance, is the miracle of somebody who was lost and then became found. The greatest miracle in my life is that I was lost and then I became found, that I experienced the grace and the mercy and the love of God that was extended to me, that is extended to every single one of us who are here today. The love of God is what pours into every single one of us and changes us and moves us. We can't sit in these pews today and be expecting the Lord to perform for us. We can't be sitting in these pews today and expecting an abuna to give a sermon that's going to change my life. It requires every single one of us to do the work necessary. To do the work necessary to encounter the Lord, to sit at his feet, to taste of the sweetness of his love and mercy and compassion. And to let that love, mercy, and compassion move us to not just save ourselves. That mercy and that love and compassion is not just for me. It's not for me to just say, hey, I'm drowning and I got a donut and the rest of the people drowning around me, I just leave them to fall by the wayside. I want to go out and I want to share that love with every single person that I meet. And that's why we have these festivals. These festivals are not for just to us to just enjoy some kufta and what These festivals are for us to invite the community, 
These festivals are to invite those who haven't been part of the church and to say, come and experience the healing, loving presence of the Lord Jesus Christ. Come taste of his love. Come taste of his mercy. Come experience the healing that happens at the Eucharist. Come and be part of this beautiful hospital where all of us are the chief of sinners. But Christ came to save sinners of whom all of us are chief. Come, come, come and be healed by the beautiful Redeemer and Savior who came not in fancy clothes, who came not in glory, who came in the lowest place. He emptied himself. He came in the form of a slave. Somebody said to me recently, sitting in confession with somebody, he said, hey, Boone, I have a question for you. I said, what's the question? He said, you know, you guys always say you could be a slave to sin and then a slave to God. But in the end, the result is slavery. I said, whoa, whoa, whoa. He said, what's the difference? If I'm a slave to, my, to sin, it rules me. If I'm a slave to God, it rules, he rules me. What's the difference? He said, you missed the whole point, my friend. The difference is between slavery to God and slavery to the world and to sin is he himself became the slave. The king became the slave. The king came down and served his servants. The, 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 there was an inverse relationship. Is that we, the servants, should serve this, the, the king, but he, the king, came and emptied himself and took the likeness of men to wash the feet of his servants. Now the sin that we are living in rules us because it dominates us. We're always chasing after something. But he never rules us. He never forces himself upon us. He never dominates he never consumes. He only invites, and in that invitation, when we encounter him, we taste of his sweetness, and we don't respond in slavery. Slavery is a relationship of fear. We respond in love. We don't look at God as though we are slaves. We look at God as though we are his loving children, his beloved. And it's from that belovedness that we encounter him. It's from that belovedness that we see the beauty of who he is. Today, the invitation to every single one of us is don't, go, don't be like the children who are in the marketplace. Don't be like those who are cherry-picking. Hey, God, I want a little bit of this. I want a little bit of this. Lord, I want you. I just want you and you alone. I don't need anything else. If I just am a beggar in the, door, in the house of the Lord, I've had everything. If I'm a doorkeeper in the house of the Lord, I have everything that I need. If I just sit in your presence for one minute every single day, I have everything that I want. I need nothing else. Nothing else. And when we acknowledge that, you watch and you see. You watch and you see all the beautiful things that the Lord is capable of doing in each of our lives. All the invitations of mercy and grace. All the, 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 the healing and the peace. With those who have encountered the Lord become like this, this impenetrable force. They become like a tree that is planted that no matter what wind blows, it doesn't move. And how do we do that? We do that through regular relationship with him, regular life of repentance. Repentance, again, is not, oh, I'm the worst, God. It's, Lord, I need to be different because I love you. Repentance is moved as a catalyst from love. And through participation in his life, this is the greatest invitation. This is the greatest, like we invite people to the model, do we invite people to these festivals? This is the greatest invitation that's given to every single one of us. The mystery of God saying, I want to dwell in you and you in me. The mystery where he says, come to me, all who are broken and heavy laden, and I will give you rest. 
The mystery of when you eat of my flesh and drink of my blood, you will live forever, given for remission of sin and eternal life to those who partake of him. May all of us not just go to the marketplace and say, I need a little bit of this from you, God. I need a little bit of this from you, God. I need a little bit of this from you. Lord, I just want you. I want you and I want you only. And if I have you and you only, I have everything. I have everything that I need in order to navigate every single thing in life. May God give us grace. May God encourage us. May God move us. And may God use us as lights in the midst of the darkness of the world that we are in right now. We are to go experience him and then go out and be beacons of light. Glory be to God forever. Amen. This talk was brought to you by Upper Room Media. We hope that this talk has, through the grace of God, touched your heart. And we pray that it will not only inform you, but will also transform you and your life with Christ.